This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett as we'll be joined later in the show by Nate Klaus and Greg Peterson are down in San Antonio as well as Husker Online intern Allie Snow in the mailbag. But out of the gates, let's let's talk post-bowl games for Nebraska. The Huskers uh, obviously not in a bowl game, uh, but the Big Ten, uh, especially the Big Ten West, Robin, had a pretty strong showing here um, in the bowl games. Uh, the West only losing one bowl game that was Purdue, but you had some impressive wins by Iowa. Uh, Minnesota looked good against Georgia Tech, but Iowa's win over Mississippi State was probably one of the bigger upsets we saw, considering um, just how outgained the Hawkeyes were. But we're still able to find a way to win that game. Wisconsin drilled um, a, a team like Miami. And then you had another one in, in Northwestern um, getting a win over Utah, a team that was favored. I mean, all three of those wins, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Northwestern, they were underdogs in those games, according to Las Vegas. They found a way to win. And, you know, it, I, I think it kind of goes to that notion that um, sometimes just having a strong culture and a program, you know, you, you can find a way to win a, a bowl game like that. We saw that from all three of those teams. Yeah, and I thought that it kind of spoke volumes to the Big Ten. Uh, I think there are a lot of people, especially nationally, that kind of wrote the Big Ten off as um, being a down conference this year. But um, as kind of per the course, uh, come bowl season, uh, the Big Ten made a bit of a statement there. And um, really, outside of the Michigan debacle, which I still can't explain. I'd put it, Penn State in there, too. I, yeah, I, I that, really thought they should have won Penn that Penn State's probably the one where I really expected them to win that game. I mean, I, I thought Michigan was going to win, too, and obviously that was probably the most surprising score. But I thought Penn State was a much better team, especially having a month off to get healthy, uh, getting Trace McSorley back in form, uh, and then for him to lose that game to Kentucky. But I guess hats off to Kentucky. You know, I, mean, I guess they're a lot better than you know, a lot of people thought. But in general, uh, the, the Iowa win, the Northwestern win. Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin, obviously, making that statement I mean, game. They got Mark Rick to retire, basically, after yeah, that game. Pretty much Minnesota, uh, whooping Georgia Tech. Um, and then, obviously, Ohio State taking care of business against Washington. I thought, by and large, uh, this was a strong showing for the Big Ten and shows that uh, this league wasn't quite as mediocre as uh, a lot of people nationally thought it was. Well, in the bowl records, and I know I'm not one of those guys, by the way, that thinks that bowl games don't mean anything. I do think they mean something. I do think they give you program momentum going into the offseason. I mean, let's, let's, let's flip the roles. If Nebraska was in Tampa or New York and, and or San Diego and they won against one of those three teams – People around here to be going nuts. It, it would it would it'd be a huge springboard going in to the next season. I get it. If you're a team like Auburn or you know a team that was kind of in the higher conversation or Georgia, who was you know they, they were upset, but you know they still tech. Look at Texas. Texas gets that win over Georgia, and now all of a sudden Texas has their first ten win season since mm-hmm. 2009. Uh, there's a lot of momentum um, for programs that that win these bowl games, but. Um, I'm really intrigued looking at the Big Ten going forward. You, you think about what this league loses. Urban Meyer retires. Um, I think Dwayne Haskins will go pro. Um, they he should. He's by far the best quarterback. It's a down class, and he's maybe the best quarterback in the class. I mean, so. he's a top five pick, and whoever needs a quarterback is going to trade up to get him in the draft. So if he goes pro with Urban Meyer gone and several other guys going pro, 
Michigan's losing everybody to the NFL, yeah. and Jim Harbaugh is kind of a disaster right now. I mean, they might lose their coach, too, depending on what happens. Penn State loses McSorley. Um, their running back may go pro. Their best defensive end uh, surprised everyone. He went pro. Uh, so Penn State's on the rebound. Michigan State, as we know, has had their problems. So the East is kind of in flux right now. I don't really know what to make of the East. I think by default, Ohio State's the favorite next year. But then you go to the West. Yeah. Athlon Sports came out with their way too early preseason top 25. They had Nebraska at number 19. Iowa at 17, Wisconsin at 18, Northwestern at 24. So you had four Big Ten West teams all ranked 17 to 24, Nebraska at number 19. And I think that just tells you, Robin, how much respect people have for Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez and maybe the direction things are going here at Nebraska. Yeah, I think the record uh, only goes so far in shaping people's opinion of what Nebraska was this season. I think everybody saw what could be uh, once this thing finally starts to click. And we saw glimpses of it towards the end of the last year, or, uh, yeah, of the, of the regular season when um, they were able to bounce back uh, from that terrible start and really played some good football. It started, you know, I guess the, the highlight game was that Ohio State game when they pushed the Buckeyes to the limit. Uh, but they had some really strong performances. Adrian Martinez emerged as arguably, especially if Haskins goes pro, um, the best returning quarterback in the Big Ten Conference next season. I think you can make a strong case for that. Uh, and so that, in by nature, puts you in the conversation uh, amongst better teams in the league. And um, with the East being down, um, you know, that's that's going to help. But the West, on the other hand, is is on the come up. I mean, obviously, Northwestern is coming up. This is up a year where the West season. has a chance. Yeah, I, mean, no I, re- I really think 2019 – is as good of a chance for the West as any year. Sure. When you when you look at what the East is, I mean, the, the East is losing everything. All the NFL guys, their best quarterbacks, for the most part, if Haskins goes pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, M- Michigan returns. Um, Patterson. Patterson, Shea Patterson. But still, you know, they lose everybody on that defense. I mean, Rashawn Gary, Devin oh, yeah. Bush, Winovich, that corner that, that was the number one corner, mm-hmm. in our pre- he's going pro. Um, so, Don Brown could leave. He could go. He could take a job elsewhere as yeah, well. They're just so. so in flux right now. Obviously, they're gonna. They're Michigan. They're gonna have talent, but um, you know, talent only takes you so far. Karan Higdon's gone. You need structure. You need uh, you know a, a team to have full buy-in on what the staff's doing. And with the way things are in flux in Ann Arbor right now, I just don't know what to make of them. And then Ohio State is intriguing to me too. Uh, you look at kind of what's happened with their recruiting since the Urban Meyer stuff went down. I mean, they're still Ohio State, kind of the same thing as Michigan, but uh, they're Who's not going to be their quarterback. Back yeah, they're, they're, they've got some questions right now. Uh, you started to see them, you know, miss out on some of those real elite tier. Uh, recruits that they would normally get and so they, it might not be a short-term you know drastic change but I think over the next few years it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ohio State on the national recruiting scene and if Ryan Day can keep uh, that very high bar that Urban Meyer left him yeah I really don't see them you know if if Haskins goes pro which we think he is Tate Martell is not going no. to keep I mean I, he's not a guy that's going to get Ohio State in the playoffs next year um, so it's going to be interesting. Now, Fields, the Georgia quarterback, yeah. um, is rumored to maybe be transferring in there, but he would still have to sit out a year. And Fields still hasn't officially said he's leaving Georgia. Um, but, yeah, their, their quarterback situation, they would love to have Joe Burrow probably next year no, now um, as he, he got a nice win over UCF. Um, down in the um, – it was the not the, peach, uh, the, the Fiesta Bowl Fiesta. Down, in, down in Phoenix, but – it will be interesting, and you know this is what I like about Nebraska for next year. I mentioned all those ranked teams in the West: Wisconsin, Iowa, mm-hmm. Northwestern. Guess what? All three come to Lincoln. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's why there's so much. I mean, obviously, uh, the foundation that was built and the progress they made over the course of this year gave you a lot of reason for optimism. But I think all along, even before uh, 2018 started, you looked at this 2019 schedule and said that that could be the year um, with Frost's reputation of doing fast turnarounds, uh, the complete roster upheaval that they put together. Um, 2019, as we've been saying, sets up to be pretty, pretty generous uh, opportunity for them i mean you got at colorado out of the gates and you know they're going through a coaching when change. you open with south alabama which is a more reasonable opener right than playing you know obviously colorado out of the gates last year it should have been akron uh, but akron even was a tougher team you know byu for mike riley a couple years ago they finally have an opener where they're going to be decisively better than the team they're going to play which yeah. will help kind of get things going in the right direction yeah and so they're, they're going to get good tests still i mean you go to colorado and then you have northern illinois we all know about them uh to close out non-com but then uh your conference, illinois. your conference home games uh that's what that's i think where the difference is you get ohio state you get northwestern um obviously indiana but you get wisconsin and you get iowa all to lincoln and your road games are at maryland at purdue at minnesota at illinois i mean that is about as perfect as you could draw it up as far as the league slate goes uh, you avoid Michigan you avoid Michigan State uh, to where I mean, really uh, all the biggest challenges are going to be Memorial Stadium well yeah and you think about Colorado there's going to be 30,000 Nebraska fans 25,000 oh, yeah. Nebraska that'll be fans. a migration game I mean it's going to sure. be crazy Illinois there'll be a lot of Nebraska fans in that stadium now the one we don't know Minnesota they're they're sneaky I mean I they, they looked really they looked good, good in that bowl as game. critical as we've been about Fleck just because of his, his style. I mean, they played well down the stretch. Now, Johnson, their standout receiver, yeah. I ex- I don't know if he's announced yet. but Yeah, he's kind of a shoe, and he's uh, he's up there at the top of draft boards. I mean, he looked receiver. incredible yeah. in their bowl game, um, so that's a big loss if they lose him. But they're on the, they're on the right path right now. Purdue, we don't know what to expect. Um, you know, yeah. they, they lose Blau, who was there for about 17 years. He's finally going <laughs> to leave. Um, then at Maryland, new coach uh, Mike Loxley. We're going to see our buddy John Papuchis uh, down in Maryland. He, he's on the staff down there for Lox. Uh, but yeah, it's the schedule is much more favorable. By the way, less than a hundred days to the spring game. Countdown is there. on. Here March, we go. Um, I think March fourth or fifth is the first day of practice. So fourth, uh, we will be opening spring ball here before you know it. Uh, but when we come back, we are going to shift over talk some hoops. Uh, Nebraska basketball dropped a disappointing game Wednesday night at Maryland, a real opportunity. Now they got to bounce back and go to Iowa. We'll get Robin Washett's thoughts on the state of Nebraska basketball next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen eight more times in the Magnus this month. Yeah, I mean, it's just, this is the way it goes. And you, you just have to, okay, hey, bounce back against Iowa and get ready to go. We'll go to film tomorrow. We'll look at, okay, why we win, why we lose. We'll find out it's defensive rebounding. It's not making foul shots. It's how we give up the threes. And, okay, how do we solve that problem if we're in that situation again against Iowa? We played well enough to win both games on the road, you know, and, and we have it. But it's early in the year, and you got to look at it, I think, from a global, big-picture perspective and and say listen this is just the way it's going to be and it's a good problem to have and welcome back here to the husker online show that was nebraska basketball coach tim miles following wednesday night 74 72 loss at maryland sean callahan robin wash at the segment of the husker online show brought to you by tanner's sports bar and grill 
five locations in Omaha, one here in Lincoln. Get on into Tanner's here over the weekend. I'll have all the NFL wildcard games on uh, both Saturday and Sunday. The Nebraska basketball-Iowa game as well. So get on into Tanner's, get some wings, beer, and enjoy the games here over the weekend. But let's get to that game, Robin, as uh, we look at Nebraska's loss at Maryland. Just like Minnesota, I felt like another real opportunity to get a much-needed road conference win. Nebraska had a point. Um, they were up eight points. What, what was the clock at at that point? It was about six minutes, seven-minute mark. They were up by eight points. Yeah, it was, it was about a little past midway point of the second half. So definitely uh, had an opportunity. Many oppor- That was probably one of them. Uh, but you could go back all the way through the first half, um, all, early in the second half. Um, you know, they, they shut down Maryland uh, about four, the last four minutes of the first half. They held Maryland without a point. Uh, and then they started off with like an 8 or 9-0 run uh, to start the second half and really just had their foot on their throats and just couldn't finish it. And, um, yeah, the Minnesota game brought back a lot of memories. But this was different, in in my opinion, to where, you know, Nebraska just they failed to adjust and just didn't seem like they were doing all the necessary things to win. Whereas this game, uh, they just – let let it slip through their fingers in every sense of the word. They missed open shots. They had defensive breakdowns. They, uh, you know, obviously couldn't grab a rebound to save their lives. And you just add up all those little things. Uh, that was a game that they should have won, and it would have been extremely valuable on their postseason resume to have a true conference quadrant one victory against a Maryland team who I think is going to be very good. They're going to be a tournament team. Probably. They're a young team, and they're only going to keep getting better. A lot like Seton Hall. Uh, I mean, so in the grant by March, that would have been. A a great highlight marquee victory that Nebraska just let slip away. Uh, good news is, I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, is Nebraska still has 17 more Big Ten uh, games to go, and they have plenty of opportunities to get wins like that. But uh, eventually you're going to run out of time to say, well, we'll get the next one. Uh, Nebraska has to find a way to get those games away from Pinnacle Bank Arena because you remember last year, that's what kept them out of the tournament. Yeah, I kind of chuckled in the pregame. Andy Katz talked about Nebraska being in a hostile environment. <laughs> and you yeah. see that arena. It was like a third full. <laughs> wasn't even close. And most of them were Nebraska fans. I don't know. Were you listening to Kent and uh, Muehlheisen? Were they yes. talking about how empty the yeah. place was? Uh, I think Kent once uh, said it was a pathetic crowd, so he, he didn't like where, where I mean, where are these people? Like, they're a basketball school. I, I know the students are gone. That's a big part of it. Their student section is huge. Like, it takes up, like, a third of the arena. Well, because they don't have – well, their football got better this year, but <laughs> I mean, they really don't have a yeah. football. And so that that adds to the sting for Nebraska that once again, I mean, remember back in 2016 when they beat Maryland out there? It was the same. It was an 11 a.m. Christmas break, yeah, game that they you know, a, 11 a.m. Sunday game. Yeah, and they they took advantage of that time, but you know, to get Maryland in Christmas break, you know, when there's hardly anybody in the arena, I mean, the the table was set for Nebraska to win that game, and they just couldn't do it. Well, and you know, the, what, what jumped out to me, Robin, is Nebraska had that eight point lead. And Rob or not Roby, but uh, Copeland gets poked in the eye. That was a big part of that little moment there. But Nebraska settled for about three or four just bad jump shots. You know, mm-hmm. where where they didn't take a high percentage, attack the rim, maybe draw a foul to extend the lead. They just jump two dribbles, jump shot, two dribbles, jump shot, and and that little stretch there is what allowed Maryland to respond and and get the momentum back. Yeah, the the dribble two as you know, it's called. Tim Miles said is the worst shot in all of basketball. It's there anytime you want it. 
yeah, and it's for a reason because this is the lowest percentage shot. Like statistically, they've charted it's the the lowest percentage shot you can take, uh, and Nebraska went to it way too often. Uh, you know, uh, they they were doing such a good job of getting to the rim and drawing fouls. Um, problem was, you look at their free throw shooting. Uh, I mean, they shot 67, 68 percent from the line. I mean, if they're anywhere, they're about an 80 percent free throw shooting team. If they're at their average, they win that game going away. Uh, you know, I, Palmer only made one of two, right? Yeah, at the end, yeah, he had a chance to take the lead and he missed the front end, made the second uh, to tie it, and then obviously Maryland came down and made the game winner with well, three seconds left. And then even up by one. Maryland misses their free throw mm-hmm. and they get the rebound mm-hmm. on their on their yeah yeah you know, they, they got the offensive rebound that killed them they had 14 offensive rebounds in that game. and it was one of you know it was their big guy shooting so the, the ball came off the rim it was like a, in the air like a mile high I mean, it was a hard free throw rebound to get but that was a huge moment too I thought when Maryland was able to miss that free throw and get the rebound well that's what they do and so that's not a surprise like that the fact that Maryland out rebound them 38 28 had 14 offensive boards I mean that that's what they they out rebound every opponent they play by twelve boards a game. So I mean that's just they out they out muscle you when you play that type of team. That's kind of what you sacrifice. The issue was Nebraska not only gave up uh, a lot on the glass, they gave up eight made free uh, three pointers. Uh, Maryland shot almost fifty percent from behind the arc when they were shooting about thirty six or thirty seven percent coming in. So uh, they Nebraska needed to pick their poison and they allowed them to have both. They, yeah, they got, got, they got about, double dosed. <laughs> they got about six or nine more points on threes than they probably normally would have gotten. Yeah, that Jalen Smith, the center, uh, he he had, I think, two at least two made three-pointers, and he had only made four all season going into that game. So just one of those nights where everything that Nebraska couldn't afford to have happen, they let have happen. All right, walk the fans off the ledge here, because, I, I mean, this is an abused, battered bunch of Husker fans that have just been used to heartbreak, Robin. They've, mm-hmm. they've seen it all too much. And, you know, panic after the Minnesota loss and now this one. Um, but all is not lost here. I mean, they, they got another chance to go on the road here against Iowa. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole beauty of the Big Ten this year is unlike last season, um, Nebraska will have more than its share of opportunities to get wins like that. Now, again, you got to take advantage at some point, uh, especially, you know, winning one of these on the road, which is so difficult to do. Uh, in the Big Ten. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but you look at the home versus away winning percentage in the Big Ten, and it's astronomically lopsided. So it's not going to get any easier to get those road wins. But uh, you look ahead, they have 17 more Big Ten games, and three of the next five games will be away from Pinnacle Bank Arena this month alone. So there's opportunity there. And then you look at the the games in January, uh, six of them are against teams ranked in the top 50 by KenPom.com. Uh, and even with that loss to Maryland, um, Ken Palm still projects Nebraska to win 12 of their final 17 conference games, which would put them firmly in the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, it's a long year. It's frustrating that this is the second straight uh, missed Big Ten road opportunity, but they're going to have plenty more, and I think this team is good enough to finally get one uh, at some point, if not more. Well, I think we both agree this is a tournament team, but I, I you know, the, the greedy, I want it all Husker fan wants this team to be like an NCAA four or five. They want, seed. They want them to do something this program has never done in the history that's ever existed. And, you know, you don't want them to be like a nine, ten, eleven seed. I, yeah. I, I think that's 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 where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Like, can they get to that four, five, six? Versus having to be the eight, nine, ten uh, type seed in the tournament. Yeah, and losing a game like that Maryland game is not going to help. Uh, I mean, if they win, I mean that's a, a quad one road win, and that is like. And they're still using like this gold. quad system now. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. The only thing that they changed was the they net. took away the RPI 
and replaced him with the net rankings, which Nebraska is still a top 20 team. So margin of victory accounts more in the net now, too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot similar to the RPI, except it's just kind of they update it daily. So it's constantly evolving and changing and um, will look totally different in March than it is right now. But um, it is the metric that you look at. Don't look at the AP top 25. Don't look at the coaches poll. Don't look at any of those candy, Andy Katz power 36. The only thing that matters is the net, net. rankings. It's basically like the playoff committee poll for pretty much for college yeah, basketball. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, just be, you look at it one day, it's probably going to look a lot different the next day. But that is the, the one source where you know where the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee is going to view Nebraska. And right now, they view them very high. But what about – so in the Seton Hall game, that's moving up in the quads. Yeah, Seton Hall is emerging as one of the better teams uh, in their conference. And that game uh, – for Nebraska to get them when they did, uh, Seton Hall was, they're another young team that was still trying to figure themselves out, and Nebraska whipped them. And as, as Seton Hall keeps piling, piling up wins, that's going to be a pretty good looking game uh, when all is said and done. And then you look at the Creighton game. I think Creighton is going to continue to get better. Uh, Clemson, uh, they obviously went through a bit of a rough spot, but um, I think they're better than what they've shown. And they uh, just got to be top 75 to be a quad one. Well, okay, so t- for home games, it's top 30. For neutral side, it's top 50. And for road games, it's top. 75 so yeah there's a fairly good chance clemson's going to be top 75 should be i mean that's what it was supposed to be and then they <laughs> their State, best player got hurt okie state's not gonna be top yeah 50. That, that one's disappointing they'll be a quad two um yeah but i mean the maryland game i mean that, that's the why that thing stings so bad right now because the maryland is going to get really good and for them to win uh in college park that would have been a huge huge boost now 430 game at iowa as we wrap it up here will the students do you expect it to be a big student crowd? I don't think so. I mean, they're still out of session, and I've been to there for a game um, over Christmas They come break. back Monday, though, right? Yeah. So, I don't know, but here's another thing to think about. That's when the uh, Chicago Bears playoff game is going to go head-to-head. And, and there a lot are, of Chicago kids. There are a kids. ton of Bears fans in Iowa City. What, and, a ton of Chicago kids yeah, in Iowa so, City? Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what they choose if they pick the uh, top 25 basketball game or the NFL playoff game. Well, it should be interesting. Robin will be out in Iowa City. That game is a 430 uh, BTN game, so... Uh, make sure you're on Husker Online as we will have the latest. When we come back, Husker Online intern Ali Snow will join us. We'll take your questions in the mailbag. That's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washed, and Husker Online intern Ali Snow back on campus. Winter break's about over for you guys, isn't it, Allie? Yeah, I'm really sad. I don't want to start school on Monday. I have 8.30s this year, so first time ever. So I'm kind of sad about that because I have to get up really early. Yeah, we just had an intense discussion with Allie about when she should go back to buy her books to avoid the big bookstore rush. Things I don't miss. Also, she has calm law at 8.30, Robin. Yeah, that's I'm scared. With R. Professor R. Bender. R.I.P. <laughs> it's that's, a tough class. That's a tough class. It's more of a mental. Like The, the, the class itself is, is hard, but just getting up at 8 o'clock yeah. and sitting through those those lectures, that, that, that was a grind. It's going to be a grind this whole semester. Get some coffee and go. Well, what do you got? We got a mailbag here. What do you got to start us out with? So we're going to start out with a basketball question. Um, how long will Roby's injury linger on for the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, groins are 
kind of unpredictable. But, like, obviously he was good enough to play and start and, you know, still play his normal amount of minutes. And he actually looked pretty good uh, doing it. Um, you know, he, he had a decent game and uh, made some pretty tough plays. So, I mean, if it does impact him, I don't foresee it being anything that's going to severely limit him. Uh, but it could be something that he's going to have to work through um, and, you know, spend a lot of time kind of managing his practice minutes uh, to make sure he's healthy for games. Okay, switching over to football, will the spring game be all game simulation or will they supplement it with competitive drills like they have in some previous years? I think that's kind of to be determined. I mean, you don't really make those decisions until you know what your depth looks like. And, you know, we've been in springs where there have hardly been enough defensive linemen or offensive mm -hmm. linemen. One year there were like three corners for the whole game and they were playing walk-on corners, you know, in starting roles. Um, so I think a lot of it depends on your depth, on your numbers, um, and, and really what you want to accomplish. Um, so I would imagine just looking way ahead, Adrian Martinez is obviously going to be limited in that game. They're not going to try to overuse a guy like him. You'll probably see a lot of McCaffrey. Um, you know, Wondell Robinson, holy cow, I want to watch him in the spring game. After watching the clips that we've had from San Antonio mm -hmm. on him at the All-American Bowl, he is going to be something. Yeah, and I'm with you. I think that's a probably a decision the staff's not going to make until the week before the spring game because um, obviously they got to figure out what the roster is going to look like going into spring ball and then what's going to happen over the course of those practices if there are injuries that pile up. Uh, so I don't think they have any clue what that game's going to look like. But uh, I think, yeah, there's I, probably some assumptions you can make. Adrian Martinez might get a, a series or two, and he's going to have a green jersey on, <laughs> and uh, they're going to get him out of there as soon as possible. I'll say this, too. I think most Nebraska fans – are, are traditionalists in this sense. I don't know if they want to see a bunch of, you know, just games. I think they want to see football snaps. Oh, I, yeah. They go there to watch a game. They are not don't want to watch offensive linemen catch punts or anything like that. I, I see, I've seen some where, like, they have a student come down and challenge yes. the player. I mean, no. Come on. I mean, people at Nebraska, they're serious about their football. They don't want to see a bunch of games. Or, like, the weird scoring where, like, defense could score points for, like, tackles for loss or something like that. Like, that was that was the worst spring game. Like, I had no idea how to even write a game story about that spring game. Oh, yeah, because didn't Patrick O'Brien throw a pick? Yeah, and the defense won on a walk-off pick, and even he, though he didn't score. And, and he didn't have to throw the pick. I mean, he yeah. just threw the ball away, and they won the game. Yep. It was the weirdest, weirdest so, thing. So, yeah, don't, don't do that anymore. Play football. All right, what do you got for us next, Allie? All right, so you kind of spoke on Wondell Robinson. Um, do you see Spielman or Wondell sliding out to the outside receiver position a lot since they obviously can't both – B and the duck are at the same time. Yeah, I, I just think you create ways to use yeah. them both. I, I mean, it, it's a great problem to have. And um, yeah, JD, I believe, will have the ability to he do both. He can play on the perimeter. Wandell can play running back. I mean, he mm -hmm. can. I mean, he he has looked like a. I mean, when you go down to that All American Bowl and look like he's looked already, as far as having another gear over the players down there, that tells you. You know, the the Rondell Moore comparison is going to get used a lot in mm -hmm. how they utilize him, but. You know, J.D., um, you know, he's, he's set to have a huge year next year. He's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver next year. And um, just having another receiver to go with him in Wandell, you want to find ways to utilize both these guys. Yeah, there's no doubt they're going to find ways to get both those guys on the field as much as possible because you could make a strong argument that those are your two best weapons at wide receiver right now. Um, uh, with J.D., uh, he's on pace to go down as the most productive wide receiver in school history by a pretty wide margin. And so, I mean, he's going to play, and he's going to play a lot. And then it's just a matter of, you know, finding all the different ways to use your shiny new toy in Robinson. 
You mentioned upgraded football facilities a month ago or so. Mentioning that Husker staff went to Clemson to tour their facilities. What is an estimated timeline on starting a project like this? How much will this help in recruiting? I know it's in the in the discussions. I know they've got you know a, a idea that this needs to happen. I think there's this more political red tape that has to be cut before they get to it. And the biggest thing is the budget cuts on the university side. And it's it's strange that athletics, which gives over ten million a year back to academics, which by the way, you do the math, how many you know, when tuition is ten thousand a student, ten million a year goes a long way as far as scholarship money. Um, but you know, when you have programs around the university cutting, um, they have to be, I think, pretty sensitive on they're going to announce a $60 million or whatever it's going to cost, football mm-hmm. facility, et cetera. Uh, but it is going to happen. I mean, I think the earliest we could see the announcement is in the spring, um, whether that's April or May or June. I know when Nebraska announced the Tom and Nancy Osborne complex, that was in like May or June. And then it took two years to be built. So it was like May or June of 2004. They opened it in 2006. So if they really want to get this thing rolling and have it open by 21, they're going to have to announce it and probably begin the project here um, in the spring or summer. Yeah, and the, the facilities arms race has slowed down a little bit, but I mean, the timeline on how like shiny those things stay for, I mean, it's like, it's like five years. Yeah. I mean, then it's outdated and then somebody else just down the road has a brand new, even more expensive, even fancier thing. So uh, Nebraska has to keep up. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at the Clemsons, I'm sure they were probably wowed a little bit with just, I mean, a lot of it is so over the top that it's so unnecessary, but you talked about recruiting. I mean, it matters. Kids go there and they see that they have all these perks and uh, you know, amenities, amenities in a the, barber in the shop room. in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they have hired barbers in the locker rooms to yeah. cut hair of players, and it's only going to keep evolving from there. And so Nebraska has has to stay the course and uh, you know go head to head in that regard with those types of teams if they want to be that type of championship program. And, and here are the facts: Nebraska wants a roster of 150 plus guys. Right now, their current locker room only holds about 120 ish. Yeah. Thanks, Bill Callahan. Their current meeting room only seats 130 so if they want everybody in the football building coaches trainers graduate assistants players they don't even have a room big enough to house a team meeting of the whole program um, so there there are some logistical problems and we saw it every day I mean Allie you could attest to this even when we're up there doing interviews you have players going to locker rooms you've got female athletes walking down the hall by football players and towels yeah. I mean it, it's just the logistics you got second grade classes walking through mm-hmm. locker rooms of players with their shirts off and stuff. I mean, the setup over there is very tight right now. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it's not just a matter of just getting, uh, you know, the fanciest new sparkling, you know, thousand inch TV screen in the locker room or whatever. It's a matter of the actual like some practical stuff of having a room locker room big enough to house all of your players. And then my one wish would be if they did move it over, create like a nice media room yeah. over in the north. Have some sort of just like continental breakfast there for, you know, post-practice. Well, I mean, just a room like when <laughs> you, you do post-practice and things, you know, you go to Alabama and some of these places, sure. they have a separate room where the reporters just kind of hang in. Or yeah, like make it like an established podium so it's not like awkward where like, you know, there's... A th- 50 people in the room housed for like 20 everybody's talking and the coach has to yell like during his press conference so yeah it will be interesting to see we got time for two more what do you got all right jeremiah stovall was making headway towards the end of the season on special teams do you see him being able to get onto the field in 2019 as a defensive back you know what i've always heard on jeremiah is 
great special teams player. Kind of struggled, though, maybe with some of the coverage things needed. But the opportunity will be there, you know, to, 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 to do something this spring. Um, but at minimum, he's going to be a staple on special teams grades. Um, you know, just looking at Nebraska's final numbers here on the special teams, he was the highest graded player overall on special teams. He led Nebraska with six special teams tackles in eight games. The next player, Cam Taylor and Colin Miller, they had five tackles each, and they played in 11 and 12 games. So he was a fixture on special teams with six tackles, um, received a 75.8 grade on pro football focus. There was no doubt he was a difference maker for the Huskers on those units. Yeah, and he'll have opportunity uh, to play on defense. I mean, it, injuries happen. I mean, if he doesn't start the year high on the depth chart, I mean, we, we've seen – uh, those types of situations where guys get vaulted up very quickly. But uh, for sure, uh, I'm with Sean. This dude is going to be one of Nebraska's best, most consistent special teams players uh, throughout his time here at Nebraska. Took 130 snaps on special teams in eight games, which was ninth on the team. So he missed four games. Mm-hmm. If you did the, the math, he'd be over 200 snaps. Um, you know, he watched the first couple games in the bleachers. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even suited up. And you remember how bad Nebraska's special teams were early in the season, too. Against so Troy. And we all know there is extreme value in having guys like that on special teams, especially in the coverage units. Alright, final question. What do you have? Alright, what is Greg Peterson's drink of choice? <laughs> I know this for a fact. It is Budweiser. It is Bud, it is, it is not Bud Light. Nope. It is Budweiser. And he prefers the... I think he likes the twisty bottles, the 16-ounce bottles. Uh, but he is, mm-hmm. uh, he is a spokesman for Budweiser. Yeah, if, if they could work out some sort of sponsorship deal with him, uh, I think that would uh, be his dream. He's got his swim, was it a swim spa in his backyard. Yep. He's got a pretty sweet setup. With a TV. I'll, I'll give him that. He's got a, basically a sports bar in his basement. So, yeah, you know, he's a Budweiser guy. If you ever see Greg, uh, if you buy him one of those red Budweiser beers, oh, you, yeah. you, you got a friend be, for life. you got a friend for <laughs> life. All right, well. That wraps it up here for the mailbag. Hey, thanks, Allie, um, and good luck with classes starting Monday. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we are going to hear from Greg and Nate. They are in San Antonio, and they're going to bring us some interviews with Wandell Robinson and Bryce Benhart. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here sitting alone now as... Nate Klaus actually out in San Antonio uh, covering the All-American Bowl, formerly the Army All-American Bowl, as three different Husker signees already in the game right now and potentially one more in safety Noah Paula Gates. But as for those three signees, running back slash receiver Wandell Robinson, offensive lineman Bryce Benhart, and defensive lineman Ty Robinson uh, will all be representing Nebraska this week down in San Antonio. And uh, we've had a chance to be down there, the only Nebraska media outlet on site covering the three different recruits and had some very unique conversations as both Nate Klaus and our video producer Greg Peterson uh, caught up with all of the Husker targets. We wanted to bring you some of that this week on the show as that is really where the recruiting focus will be here over the weekend as the All-American Bowl will take place at noon on Saturday. It will be the lead-in 
uh, before the wild card playoff games begin uh, on NBC. Uh, but we did have a chance to catch up with wide receiver Wandell Robinson, who will play in the game here on Saturday, move to Lincoln and start classes on Monday, uh, beginning his Husker journey after a really what was a bumpy, long road to get there, uh, first silently committing to the Big Red, then committing publicly to Kentucky, only to switch and go back to Nebraska, then signing on December 19th. Here's Nate Klaus and Greg Peterson's full conversation with Nebraska's four-star top 100 athlete recruit, Wandell Robinson. Husker Online caught up with Nebraska signee Wandale Robinson on Tuesday following day one of practice at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. No, I guess first of all, you signed with Nebraska, um, you know, long recruiting process. What's it feel like to kind of have that weight off your shoulders? Um, it feels really, really good. I know that I'm going to Nebraska next week on Monday. I start school. So um, really it's just been a big weight lifted off my shoulders, and now I'm really, really excited to get to work. And is there anything, you know, as you head to Nebraska, is there anything that – you really are looking to accomplish any goals or anything like that you know, as an early enrollee? Um, really just making sure that I learn everything that I can, um, just get all the knowledge that I can to make sure that by the time fall camp comes, I'm moving at full speed. I know all the plays, and I'm moving at full speed to be able to make plays So, um, and obviously get a chance to be on the field with my freshman year. So. Okay, now uh, kind of explain what your relationship was like with the, the Nebraska coaches and then also a lot of the commits in the class. seems like everyone in that class is really, really tight. Yeah, um, I mean, me and the coaches, we talk just about every day. I was talking to at least one coach every day from the moment they started recruiting me until the moment I committed. Um, they were talking to me every day, just really emphasizing the impact that I could have on their team year one. And then uh, and then on the group chat with all the commits, we were all really, really tight. We talk every day. We're talking just about all the time every day. So. Um, it's been really good relationship coaching and player-wise. Okay, and who are you going to be rooming with once you get to Lincoln? In a few um, days? Jamie Nance and Luke McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I saw on Twitter there's a little uh, <laughs> you guys looking to race. Um, hey, you know, if they want it, we can do it. <laughs> Me and Jamie got them though. So okay, yeah, I, I've seen Jamie in person. He can roll too. Yeah. Seen Luke too. Yep. Um, so you know, I guess. When you look back, you know, this is your final high school game. You're, you won your Mr. Football in the state of Kentucky. I mean, you're up for Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, what what is your, your high school football career kind of meant, and what does it mean to you to kind of finish it here in San Antonio? Um, it's been great. I mean, especially knowing where I'm from, not very many people do what I do. Um, not, not Nobody's had this opportunity to come here and play in this game, and so it's just been a really big opportunity for me, and I've, it's big. It's one of the biggest blessings that I've ever had. and um, It's just something that I'm grateful for for the rest of my life, and I'll be grateful for it for now until I, I'm done playing football. This is something that I've always dreamed to do. And so, and how did the first practice go for you today? Uh, it went really well. Um, I mean, we it was a lot of competition, and but I mean, I felt like it was really, really well. Uh, primarily working on the slot, looks mm-hmm. like, and, and then an opportunity to, to return some kicks in the mm-hmm. game too, probably. Yeah, and then they're, they're throwing me in the back foot a little bit okay. uh, in our two back sets, so it'll be a little bit like what we'll do in Nebraska too. So it'll be good. Now, was that something that, that they approached you with and said, "Hey, this is what we think we'd like to do with you"? Or well, they had asked. They were like, "You play running back, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And then they're like, "All right, you can. We'll hop you in. The, we'll throw you in the backfield a little." bit. So um, I'll be in the back for a little bit on the game. So <laughs> okay, that, that looks like fun. Um, now, is there? I know that there's a couple other Nebraska signees, uh, a couple other targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys? Have you had a chance to hang out with those guys? Or? Yeah, me, Bryce, and Ty. We've been together. If we aren't doing anything, we're always together. And then we're trying to work on Noah right now, trying to get him to go ahead and come to us, and hopefully he decides with us on in January. So. Um, 
we're just really hoping that he's coming and we're just begging him basically so <laughs> it's been what, good though what's your gut feeling on that hey, I'm, I'm hope he sounds like he's really good with nebraska so i hope he's coming <laughs> what's your pitch what's uh is there you have like a go-to pitch um, that's why you should I mean, go to nebraska obviously i mean if you look at our i mean our defense obviously needs work and he's a big piece of that if he came in i mean he could obviously contribute very early and that's a big piece like that's something that they preach to me you can contribute really early and that's something that and if you come in and change the culture you're looked at as a guy and things like that so it's just a really big it's the big picture things like down the road and he comes in you play as a freshman and you make plays and people are going to know who you are so it's really that's really the pitch now you came in for your official visit uh, for the akron game but you <laughs> yeah. know that game didn't really happen uh but and, and a couple other guys that came in with you were Bryce and mm-hmm. Brand Banks, and mm-hmm. now you guys are all Huskers yeah. uh, and, and going to be, well, I guess Bryce not an early enrollee, but Brant's coming in early. Mm-hmm. Um, you you kind of look back, and, yeah. and did you think when you first visited for that acting weekend that you, you all would end up at Nebraska? Not really. I, like, whenever I was, in my head, I was thinking I was really one of the only ones that was, like, really, really considering the part. I thought Bryce was going to end up going, like, Wisconsin or something. But I'm glad he ended up coming. I'm glad Brent ended up coming. So I'm really just happy all of us are coming to Lincoln. So, you know, do you have any, you have a message for, for Nebraska fans of what they can expect, not only out of you, but out of the team going forward? Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to be way much better than they've expected through these past years we're going to change the program back to where nebraska is supposed to be um and then obviously watch the game on january 5th and you'll get to see a little glimpse of me ty and uh bryce so <laughs> you just tell ty to keep it easy yeah it easy i told ty don't hit me really hard if i catch a screen <laughs> or something so um if i don't make it to lincoln it's his fault <laughs> <laughs> you know you almost stayed at home to go to college but mm-hmm. what's the biggest challenge for you moving away from home just personally not on the football field um just not i'll be i won't be with all the people that i'm normally around um things like that um i've been with the same kids since i was in elementary school so it's going to be a little different seeing a couple different faces every day and actually going to practice every day with a new team and things like that it'll just be a little different Reporting from the Alamo Dome for Nate Klaus, I'm Greg Peterson for HuskerOnline.com. And thanks again to both Greg Peterson and Nate Klaus for bringing us that interview with future Husker Wandell Robinson, who begins his Husker career here in Lincoln on Monday. But first, we'll play here in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl, where he's going to be one of the more featured players. All right, when we come back, I want to bring you another interview from San Antonio as we close out our show. Nebraska has one of their bigger offensive line recruits in the game that's offensive lineman Bryce Benhart out of Minnesota. Benhart's not done a lot of interviews, so very little insight on him uh, coming into Lincoln, but we caught up with Benhart in San Antonio. That will be next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here, as we just heard from Husker running back slash receiver recruit Wandell Robinson, who will be playing in the All-American Bowl in San Antonio here over the weekend. Well, he's one of three current Husker recruits in the game. We caught up with another one of those guys. This time, offensive lineman Bryce Benhard out of Minnesota. He is without a doubt the biggest lineman in this year's All-American Bowl in San Antonio, measuring in at all of 6'9". And get this, he even wrestles. He had a drop down uh, to get down to his wrestling weight of 285 pounds, but will easily play his 
college career, over 315 pounds. So one of the real knocks maybe this week on Ben Hart, if there are any, is maybe he's not physically as strong as he should be because of the amount of weight he's had to cut uh, to get himself ready for the high school wrestling season. But he wanted to take a part um, in this All-American Bowl, prove that he belongs among the nation's elite. And I think it is Pretty clear, Ben Hart's going to have a legitimate chance to come into Nebraska as a true freshman and contend for a starting right tackle job. And if that were to happen, maybe that allows you to move a guy like Matt Barniak then on the inside to guard, probably his more natural position. Well, here's more from Bryce Ben Hart, who really didn't do very many interviews at all over the recruiting process. So it was interesting to have both Nate Klaus and Greg Peterson catch up with Bryce Ben Hart down in San Antonio. Husker Online caught up with Nebraska. Nebraska signee Bryce Benhart on Tuesday following day one of practice at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. Well, first of all, you know, coming off of uh, state championship season mm-hmm. in football, um, you know, and then to, to close things out here in San Antonio at the, at the American game, uh, I mean, what does that mean to you to, to kind mean, of accomplish everything that you have so far this year? Playing against the best of the best, you know, going again, see where you're, see where you're at before you hit the next level. It's pretty cool. Something that most people don't that don't get to do. Um, now I know that you had to cut some weight right after football. Season. Nineteen pounds in four days. <laughs> right after the state championship, I was starting cutting weight. So I mean, um, how, if you noticed a, a difference, you know, today at today's practice compared to you know your football last season? Game? Yeah, I'm a little lighter, a little, little, how should I say, quicker. I'd say out of since I don't have any much weight, I'm just. Lighter and moving faster, I guess you can say. And how is wrestling season going for you so far? I haven't. I think my record's like 16 or 20 and all right now. So I haven't lost yet. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so looking pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, walk us through the, your recruiting process. I know you're not a guy that likes to talk no. a whole lot and everything, but uh, you know when it came down to it, you know what was it that, about Nebraska that really helped you? You know, that kind of put them over over the edge um, for you. I mean, the fan base walking into the stadium, sold out crowd. The coaching staff, you know, it's Coach Greg's uh, played there. Same with Frost. People's people played there and they're back there. I mean, chance to come in with the first recruiting class and make a change. Yeah. Um, it seemed like they really made you a priority, really, since about the time they got hired, about this time last year. Is that safe to say? I mean, that's, yeah. Um, did they do anything different, you know, that compared to some other schools and how they recruited you? I mean, they were just more relaxed about it. Nothing crazy, just, just a nice talk, nothing, no pit, like crazy pitches, no BS. So, yeah kind of straight shooters. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, now, I guess when you look ahead, you know, obviously you still have some things you want to accomplish, mm-hmm. wrestling title yeah. and so on and so forth, but when you're looking ahead to next fall, uh, I mean, have you set any goals for yourself or, or for what you want to accomplish in your I just want to come in, compete right away, have a chance to start. That's really just come in, get bigger, get stronger, get faster, more flexible. Just come in right away and just, what like I said before, just try and get that starting spot, see okay. if I can. And how does how was practice out here for you today? I mean, it's something different, different coming in from, I mean, something different going against people that are going to like Bama or LSU or all over the place. I have all these offers compared to, you know, you know, I'm not bashing on high school. High school is great. They, all, they always have these the quick guys and everything, but these guys are just different. 
a little different from what you see on a yeah. day-to-day basis. Okay. Um, and then, what are you what are you hoping to, to kind of accomplish through the rest of the week, and then obviously on Saturday? Just get better every day. Um, compete it, with the best. Have you uh, obviously been spending a lot of time with Ty? And, yep, and Ty and Wando. Yeah, we've been hanging out a lot. What's your relationship like with those guys? It's a great one. We're we're close. Goof around, have fun. And then, uh, are you recruiting anybody else to hopefully join you guys? Uh, yeah, Noah. Okay, so you guys. So I'm just talking to him a little bit. Yeah, just trying to get him over. Okay, sounds good. What's your gut feeling on that right now? I think it's good because I when I went to the Minnesota game, he took it as official. And I talked to him then. And I think he liked it a lot. You know, every time you've been, you know, on campus for a game and mm-hmm. stuff, um, you're always hanging around with the other commits and stuff. Yeah. And you guys look like you're really close. Uh, just yeah. kind of talk about, you I know, mean, the relationships you guys have built already. With all the commits, even some of the walk-ons, we have a group message. We talk on that all the time. We have a great time. Reporting from the Alamo Dome for Nate Klaus, I'm Greg Peterson for HuskerOnline.com. And once again, thanks to current Husker recruit Bryce Benhart for joining us here on the Husker Online show as we had plenty more coverage from San Antonio. So if you like what you heard there from both guys like Wandell Robinson and Bryce Benhart, make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com. Both Nate Klaus and Greg Peterson were the only members from the Nebraska media down in San Antonio this past week covering the All-American Bowl. So lots of exclusive good access uh, provided from photo galleries, video highlights, uh, analysis from guys like Nate Klaus. So make sure you get on to Husker Online. Check that out. Also a busy weekend on tap, not only with the All-American Bowl, but the Huskers will play Iowa and Iowa City. That's a 4:30 game on the Big Ten Network. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.